solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman. It is hump day, so we got some fun things to talk about. Of course, want to let you guys know about the NFL season that's about to begin. Nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. You guys know that. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in the beginning, August 30th. Cody, we got a lot of things to talk about today, and I think they're very interesting to kick this hump day off. I think one of the biggest things that we should talk about because we live in a social media era is Deshaun Watson, his cryptic Snapchat posts, not tweets anymore. He's posting on Snapchat. What does that mean for his future? And honestly, his the people around him. Also, I wanted to look at how worried should Houston be with the absence of Laramie Tunsil due to COVID and Marcus Cannon. And of course, talk about how the impressions of David Cully has changed in recent months. But first, let's get started with the feelings about this team, the trajectory of this team in the AFC South with the Jaguars play. Of course, we know that they are 0-2 in preseason and Carson Wentz being out for roughly two months. Cody, uh, and listeners, let's, let's both talk about this. While you guys listen, have the conversation amongst yourselves, or if you're around friends, let's go ahead and get into it. I'm wrong. I was wrong. Now, I, I thought Houston would finish dead last in this division. I thought every team in this division got better. And at the time I made the statement, Houston had so many question marks, whether or not, and they still have some, whether or not Marcus Cannon and Lane Lane Taylor would be able to play. That's a question mark. But the question mark of whether or not Lovey Smith would be able to coach. Five sacks against the Dallas Cowboys. They was able to create pressure the week before against the Green Bay Packers. They have been very good in creating turnovers. The running game, I'm still confident in that. I think once you get Laramie Tunsil back, kind of alluding to what we we're talking about later on, then the run game and the rest of this offense would be a little bit more balanced. Uh, the quarterback play, I'm more confident in Tyrod Taylor now than I have been before, although I have called to see more of him, which we will on Saturday. But overall, it's not necessarily about what Houston has done to get better. I just saw the Jacksonville Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence, the presumed can't-miss prospect, running for his damn life against the New Orleans Saints. We also just got the news yesterday that Travis Etienne could possibly be out for the remainder of the season. That sucks. You know, definitely wanted to see him and what he could do with this team playing with his college running mate, Trevor Lawrence, right? But they can't they can't block a soul. What I see out of Urban Meyer is a guy that is kind of in over his head Honestly, to be completely honest, and you guys need to go check out the Locked On Jaguars. Also want to take a trip a little further up north to Indianapolis. They had a lot riding on Carson Wentz being able to stay healthy and prove doubters wrong. 
now they're going back and forth to see which second or third string quarterback will take snaps week one. Honestly, for me, for both of those franchises, how, how everything has worked out in their favor or against their favor, shall I say, it doesn't look good. But for Houston, 2-0 and in the preseason. Now, you may take those two games and say, well, that's the preseason. Eventually, those games came down to players who – didn't make the roster or will not make the roster eventually. I understand that. But what I'm seeing out of this coaching staff, out of how this team is, is playing under this coaching staff, specifically Lovey Smith and that defense, I have way more faith in that they, they will not finish last in the division. So the trajectory of what I believe this team could have been uh, a couple of months ago for me has changed. We are seeing a lot of great things out of this Houston team. We've seen a lot of great things out of this coaching staff, out of what Nick Casario has done, who has continuously revamped this roster, right? We just talked about it a couple of days ago, whether or not we felt Nick Casario will be done making moves for this roster, and he's not done. He, They were going to initially cut John Reed, ended up turning that into a seventh-round pick. So you get something for nothing. And I like that. We also got to look at Houston Texans signing veteran cornerback Rasul Douglas, right? He's a guy that has had in four years 34 pass breakups. That's encouraging because now you can – he, you know, he may be interchangeable on this defense depending on what's going on, and he's also a player that will qualify for the special team. So they are getting better in ways that, that matter the most but also may be the most overlooked depth special teams. That's one thing that we love to see because last year what we saw, Cody, when it, when the, the front player went down or the front two players went down, Houston struggled heavily finding players to step up and contribute in a positive way. So those things look to be a thing of the past, an issue of the past. I just don't feel like Houston will come in fourth in the AFC South. I think the Colts may have an opportunity to bounce back depending on what that defense can do to hold out, what that run game can do to hold out until Carson Wentz get back and ready and healthy. But what I'm seeing out the Jaguars is a team led by a coach in over his head with a young quarterback, two not good tackles, and you also just lost your rookie running back that you drafted that you drafted in the 2021 draft. Instead of drafting a lineman when you just had James Robinson, go out and rush for over a thousand yards and accounted for, I think nearly 14 to 1500 yards. Uh, and your, your cornerbacks are getting cooked, right? They're getting cooked. So I don't believe that this team will be well coached enough to hide some of those errors and weaknesses. Like I believe Houston will be. Well, John, I kind of hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. And oh, th- th- no, up. no, look, honestly, look, I understand and I understood and I still understand to a certain extent why people believe the Texans are going to finish not only last in the AFC South, but in the whole entire league. But I've been around this organization. I've been around this team ever since the start of OTAs back in what, mid-June. And what I can tell you guys is just like we have seen throughout these first two preseason games, the execution, the improvement, the talent. The Texans are working with something heading into the 2021 season. And the more I be around this team, especially with the improved culture, I do want to mention the culture of this organization has improved drastically. 
There is no way in the world I ever believed that this was going to be an organization to finish last, not even in the AFC South, but the entire NFL. And John, since we are talking about our division, when I take a look at the Houston Texans, you already mentioned all of the problems that Jacksonville are going into the 2021 season with. And outside of the Texans quarterback situation, which, by the way, I have not been that impressed by what I'm seeing out of Trevor Lawrence. But I can make the argument that the Texans are in better shape all across the board from their offensive line to their running game to the defense. Everywhere you look, the Texans have Jacksonville's number except for the quarterback room. But like I just mentioned, I haven't been that impressed by what I've been seeing out of Trevor Lawrence. And, John, since we're talking about have our projections changed on whether or not the Texans will finish last in this division, I'm actually going to take a step further and say I have risen my expectation for this organization in 2021. Now, I'm actually going to save my final projection of how good I think this team or at least how competitive I think this team is going to be in 2021 after I see the final preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I need to see at least a total half of Tyrod Taylor under center playing alongside Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Chris Conley. Um, of course, the improved running game that we are all expecting with Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson. And especially with this improved defense led by defensive coordinator Lovey Smith, I'm changing my outlook for the Houston Texans for this upcoming season. But John, as you and I sit here on August 25th, 2021, I can honestly say with a little bit more confidence more than ever, I think that's what my projection has changed. There's no way in the world the Texans will finish dead last in the AFC South for this upcoming season. You know, a lot of our speculation came from the fact that first-year head coach, first-year general manager, a head coach who's never been a coordinator. We, we know the storylines. And uh, as of right now, the day after Kobe Day, you know, the day after 824, baby, rest in peace to the greatest basketball player of all time. I'm okay with saying that I was wrong. And, you know, I think I think a lot of fans need to be more realistic and get rid of their hatred or disgust or disdain for what this team has done to them in the last couple of years. We get it. Watts going, Hopkins going. You left a bad taste in Andre Johnson's mouth, one of the greatest players who ever played in this uh, in his on this team, rather. Uh, Dwayne Brown doesn't want to come back. Like I understand because you witnessed those 2011, 2012, like those great years. I get it. But as of right now, you know, it's okay to look at this team and say, hey, they, they may do a little bit more than what we thought they were going to do. I also want to add, like I just mentioned, the Texans are signing veteran corner Rasul Douglas. He is now reuniting with Texans cornerback coach Dino Vasso. So those two guys, as a player coach, they have a history. Dino Vasco, Vasso spent time with the Philadelphia Eagles. This team is very built around players that you have some history with. There was a lot of players that has been brought in that general manager Nick Casario is bringing in that has some familiarity with the coaching staff. And that way you don't have to work too hard to build trust. You already know what this guy is and he's about. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of year again, and all eyes are turning now to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today 
and receive your 50% welcome bonus. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champions, Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be returned to you up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back in, lovers of the Houston Texans. I want to get back to Deshaun Watson, who may possibly be ready to move on from his representatives because he is back to cryptic posts. Cody, on Snapchat, Deshaun Watson posts pictures. And in those pictures, in that story, this is what he had to say. I had to stop feeding people who always wanted to take the plate to go. That's from Gucci Mane. He also mentioned a Bible scripture from Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. (laughs) At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, all right? He continued (laughs) with, forgive me not if I don't talk too much. It's loud enough in my head. And he ended with, had to change the perspective on how I see life. Cody, I got to tell you, seems like to me, and and I've said this before, right? We've had this conversation on and off the show. Seeing how he has reacted at at, at practice, seeing how he's trying to get back into the groove of being around this organization, and I kind of feel like Houston is doing what they really need to by kind of, quote, unquote, punishing him, right, for everything that he had to drag them through. But – The one that sticks out to me is two of them had to stop feeding people who always wanted to take their plate to go. And he also said, had to change the perspective on how I see life. If we're just playing around with the pose and, you know, having the discussion of what we feel this means, all of this is hypothetical, of course, but I'm reading those two out of the four. And I immediately think to myself, he's regretting ever going with his representatives, listening to his representatives, sticking it out by the, I guess, advice his representatives has given him. At the same time, he's listening to guys give him bad advice and he's paying it for it, right? I got to pay my agents. I got to pay this guy. I got to pay this guy. I got to pay the third party guy. I got to pay. He's paying all of these guys and it seems like in the last 12 months, they have given him constant bad advice. There's no way around it. Um, Deshaun, I still think Deshaun is a good guy. Uh, despite what's going on, and if, if if verdict comes out that he's totally opposite, I have no problem with calling him out on that and correcting my statement. But how could you not read those posts and not think to yourself, how could you read those posts and not think to yourself, man, this guy really probably regrets everything that he has done and all the advice, the bad advice that he's been given by his team. And he should, you know, and I hate to say it like that, but, you know, the one thing, every time I think about this Deshaun Watson situation, and I'm going to just stick to 
the rift between him and his organization. Every time I think about Deshaun Watson, I go back to the last time we talked to him. It was the Texans exit interviews and he spoke to the media and he said the one thing he wants more than anything is a culture shift within his organization. And, you know, say what you want about the way Cal Magnair went about hiring Nick Asirio and then in the next week or so went about hiring David Culley. I would say that the Texans did succeed by changing their culture. This is just one of them situations, John, and you know I've been a big believer in this, that maybe Deshaun should have just taken a moment and said to himself, you know what, I need to give Nick Asirio a chance. I need to give David Culley a chance. Because it seems like everything that he actually wanted from the culture change to having a plethora of talent that he can use in a wide receiving core and improve running back group that he could play alongside, arguably the best offensive line that he possibly could ever have played behind with this organization. And let's not forget, as great as his season was last year, at least 75% of the reason why the Texans failed 4-12 and 12 in 2020 was because the defense was god-awful. And here we are, two games into preseason, they already have six or seven turnovers when they recorded a total of nine for the entire 2020 season. Everything about this organization has improved. I know at some point in the back of Deshaun Watson's mind, he's looking at the improvements that this organization has made, and he got to be saying to himself, I wish I have never alienated myself from this organization. Because, John, ever since everything started to unravel, what was it, late January, as much blame we want to put on the Houston Texans, we still got to put some blame on Deshaun Watson. And Absolutely. what I would say for, for me, just looking at, from the outside, looking in, everything. You know, I want to say this. I, I would like to say this, and, I, and I'll let you finish, and I apologize, but. Could it could it possibly be that Deshaun Watson was okay with the chaos because he was catered to? Could that I mean maybe, maybe, but here's my like only rebuttal to that. Now you gotta take a look at the situation of the people that was catering to him. Is that the reason why he's in this position that he is off the field? And I would say yes. I would say that I think Bill O'Brien played a big part in that. I think uh the way this organization operated last year because they knew they were so bad. And the only guy that you had the opportunity that was worth keeping happy at the, at the time for the foreseeable future, because we kind of figured JJ Watt was either going to leave after last year or he's going to retire. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Washington, who just signed that contract, you know, you're thinking, let's keep him happy. Let's keep him happy. Let's keep him happy. Kind of like the James Harden situation. One guy goes, two guy goes, and now everything seems to fall apart. And I I wouldn't put that past a player, but I will say that looking back on it, you know, like you mentioned, Deshaun has to take a lot of fault in this thing. And I I think that's why he is, you know, he's back at practice, but he's not practicing with the team, but he's practicing. And then some days he practices with the team, whatever. What's your favorite artist, Michael Jackson? You got to look at the man in the mirror. (laughs) And, um, there's no way around him not feeling, I don't know, guilty or remorse or whatever. And, and I, I speculated last week. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays this year. I think he comes back for Houston next year. 
Moving forward, can't wait to talk about how Houston should be worried about the absence of Laramie Tunsil and Marcus Cannon. And also, we're going to end off with has the impression of David Cully changed in recent months. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone to choose from. If you didn't know about the Bill Bar flavors, you're missing out on flavors like coconut, which people love. I don't agree with, but they love it. Double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, and cookies and cream, amongst others. You don't want to know what my favorite is? Of course, I'm rolling with that cookies and cream all day, baby. If you haven't tried all the flavors, go ahead and get that mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams protein, 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Bill Bar is the official protein bar of the USA track and field team. Go to build.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at build.com. Betting on the NFL or college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Cody Davis, listeners of the Locked On Texans podcast, you know, I got to ask you a question. In the recent months since training camp has started, do we feel like David Culley is a different coach than what we originally thought when he was hired a few months back? Most definitely. You know, going back to that press conference, even you and I was sitting here like, what in the world did the Houston Texans get themselves into? You know, and and he took a lot of flat for being a first-time head coach who has never been a coordinator. But I think what also got lost in the shuffle was David Culley, although he'd never been a coordinator, he is still a guy who has been around football for an entire life. And he's also a guy who has been an assistant coach. For guys like Jim Harbaugh, for guys like Andy Reid, and we all know the offensive juggernaut Andy Reid is, we are starting to get a sense of the football mind that David Culley has, especially especially knowing that he is a coach who pays attention to and coaches the smallest details. I've never seen a coach be so adamant about pre-snap penalties. And if we go back the last two seasons, the Texans have been a little bit hampered by pre-snap penalties. I want to say every coach cares about, about pre-snap penalties. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the New England Patriots, and I love Bill, Bill Belichick. And I've seen Bill Belichick, you know, his game management and clock management and how he runs the game is sometimes is to perfection. But to your point, that's something that Houston has been lacking. I think so. Uh, I think that's something that Houston has been lacking. And also that's something that Houston hasn't been as a team really well coached on. But for me, I just, I love the way that he's trying to at least mix philosophies. He's coming from that Andy Reed uh, West coast kind of offense. And then he's mixing up with Tim Kelly to get the get running game involved. Well, you know, with the Andy Reed West coast, it's not really too much emphasis on running the ball as it is throwing the ball. But he's also played with the Ravens, coached with the Ravens, and we know how much the Ravens love to run the ball. So him and Tim Kelly have been working hand-in-hand on to create this offense and how they want to get the running game involved. Also, I just love his attention to detail with these players, Cody. I also want to transition over to whether or not Houston should be worried that 
Marcus Cannon and Laramie Tunsil has not played any games. For Laramie Tunsil, I don't think they should be worried. Marcus Cannon is due nearly $7 million this year, including a $1.3 million roster bonus. If Houston decides to move on from Cannon as a result of not knowing what he has left after that injury uh, or because they hadn't seen anything from him, it would not affect them in terms of dead money counted towards the cap, and they would save nearly that $7 million, which could be used elsewhere for this team to upgrade their right side of the line or in other places. I think that Marcus Cannon, who I would love to see suit up for Houston, I wouldn't necessarily count him out as a player that wouldn't make this roster for the 53 man. Um, but it should be worrying. They should be worried. They brought you in and moved out guys. They, 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 they sent guys away because they felt like you were going to be ready after that surgery a couple months ago. We thought he'd be ready by training camp. He has not been ready for training camp. Larry Tussle, he's been at training camp. He's been practicing him. He, he and, and Titus Howard has looked good together. The solidarity between the offensive line looks much better when Tunsil is there, which is why I'm not really too much harping on the run game right now because I know they're missing a very key piece. But for Marcus Cannon, why should Houston bring you back when $7 million could be used elsewhere? And I also want to add um, Lane Taylor to that list as well because we know how important this running game is going to be for the Texans for this upcoming season. But look, Charlie Heck, Matt Sharpen, they've been 50-50 in the run game. Sometimes you see improvements, sometimes you don't. That right side of the offensive line will look extremely better if Marcus Canning and Lane Taylor were both playing. But I'm not too sure if we're going to see any one of those guys, especially Lane Taylor, because... Unlike Cannon, this is a guy who has missed nearly an entire year of NFL football. And plus, you got to take into consideration with Marcus Cannon. He, like I just mentioned a couple days ago, he literally just had a cleanup on his knee following the end of voluntary OTAs. He was supposed to be ready by the start of training camp. And training camp is almost over. And we have yet to see Cannon take the field. As for Laramie Tunsil, you don't have to worry about Tunsil. Um, he's been at practice for the last two days. And I actually had an opportunity to watch him get some individual workouts in on yesterday. So Tunsil is going to be fine. And plus, he's an all-pro left tackle. I mean, how much can preseason actually help him? Other than other than using it as a, uh, as a key to get himself into regular season form, which that wasn't a problem last year so. What was the year before last? Remember when he came in right from uh, Miami? And, <laughs> like Back-to-back like, back all pro days. years, too. Yeah, right? Larry Tunsil is that good. What was he voted? Number 74 in the top 100? Yeah, they did him dirty, too. Yeah, I think they did him a lot. Of, at least they didn't do him like... <laughs> like Deshaun. Like Deshaun. The only reason why Tunsil got did dirty, they didn't talk about him as a player. They just talked about the trade. Yeah, again. Which didn't yeah, make let, sense. Let it go. Let it go. Go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Texas podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms, including Odyssey. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. And follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans.
your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.